0: Um, hi, Matthias. Hi. Good to see you. Hey. Um, this is the first time we're recording this week in AI. And I think there's a lot of cool stuff that happened uh, this week. The biggest thing, like the biggest thing that I wanted to get your take on and really discuss was, um, you know, OpenAI making DALI E2 um available. Uh, commercially for the first time. So what happened, if my understanding is correctly, is that um, too, which uh, you can get into the detail on, basically allows to create images based on text input and iterate these images heavily. Um, and you couldn't use these images commercially uh, until just a few days ago. Like You could create a photorealistic image or you could design art, but you couldn't use it for commercial purposes. And and actually, OpenAI just uh, said, yes, now you can. Yeah, you have to pay us, but, but you can So, I mean, this is like super exciting for me. And you could actually use it for commercial
1: purposes um, already before, but there were a couple of them that was not, not allowed. So NFTs uh, as one example.
0: So now, so, like, no, so now you can create NFTs?
1: Yeah, because now you will pay for the usage on Darling.
0: And it's basically on some credit system, right? So um, you get a bunch of credits for free when you start, and then you have to pay extra to use additional credits. But it's it's ultimately very cheap per image. It's like somewhere between 10 and 15 cents per image. So it's literally nothing.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think uh, uh, users that are already uh, invited there will get... Uh... I don't remember exactly, but 100 credits or something for the first month. Uh, And then I think all users will get 15 credits per month, if I'm correct, um, to use, so that's for 15 images. But this is also because they are trying to scale it up, and it requires a massive amount of of, uh, computing to do this. Um, As you remember, I did some CATs almost a year ago. Maybe we can show show some cats here on the screen. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it required a lot of computing um, uh, doing that because, uh, and that was actually on the same um, uh, model that is used for DALI, but with um, uh, less training data. But yeah, it requires a lot yeah, of I'm... computing to do it. And in my case, maybe OpenAI solved this uh, uh some other way, but in, in my case, I needed them to also uh, scale up the images once they were done because you know you get like a 250, uh, 256 pixel little, little image there.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: yeah, there is you know, you interesting at? that they are opening it up for people to use.
0: I mean, for me, it's, it's just uh, one of the biggest seismic shifts that we will see right now will be literally people not needing to pay graphic... Like, if this inf- when this information gets out, that's number one. Then second of all, they want to get a million people on it. Brilliant. Then I'm thinking, okay, the the graphic design industry globally this year is $43.4 billion, right? $43 billion for graphic designers. And I'm not going to... I think, like, we're not going to... I'm not going to pay a graphical designer for... Designing, you know, art or or images or anything like that anymore. And I'm not gonna definitely not gonna go to Shutterstock and ask for a photorealistic image anymore. I'm just gonna go to Dali and ask for the, like, if I need a plane in the background, like for anything, I'm just gonna go there and ask it. Hey, give me a plane, like because it's so much cheaper, and I get exactly what I want, and I own the thing, and it's unique, right? Like mm-hmm. you, like this is one of the biggest things is like if you're using new images. In a business, you want them to be unique because it's better for search, it's better for brand recognition, it's better for retention. Yeah, you don't want a stock image of a plane you know, that you can find on a hundred different websites because people just get confused, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: I um, agree. And it's interesting to see where it will um, go over the upcoming months. Um, I mean, there are, still, there are still many areas to improve in it and it's very generally... Trained also, so it may be not expert at uh, anything specific, and then of course also the result can render uh, uh, really differently depending on if you manage to say hit a couple of keywords that really connect to cool images. So you know, if you write a purple cyborg uh, bear or something, you mm-hmm. get a, a really cool purple cyborg bear, but. Maybe if you do some other color or another animal, it will not be all, uh, the same style uh, at all. Because whatever it's connecting to in its training data, probably have uh, quite some uh, uh, purplish um, cyborg bears, or at least a couple of cyborg yeah, uh, bears. Uh, but, yeah, yeah well, I, I think, think that... that... Yeah, <laughs> no, I think no, no! once we get to the point where anyone just can both create image, but then really just point and edit. So please change this. Uh, make the change the rims on this uh, car. Let's change the color. So once you you get there, it will become very, very powerful.
0: Yeah, I think, and and we're gonna be. I think we should be, you know, doing some daily streams. The, uh, in the in the next few days so if you're watching this then tune in and you can actually have a look and i will definitely want to have a play around because i have some like uh, some very cool ideas that i want to implement about, about uh, bike design especially um and sailboat display and stuff like that like i'm super excited to try it. But i think that also it creates um it connects to the other news this week for me that was really big which was that the uk has introduced um, new regulation um, around artificial intelligence, and also the U.S. is uh, actually building like an artificial intelligence commission, right? That is now um, it, it has a U.S. Chamber of Commerce AI Commission, and it's you know like it's chaired by actually by uh, Eric Schmidt, right? So it's ex Google CEO. And uh, ex-Alphabet, you know, Eric Schmidt is now the um, AI Chamber of Commerce um, um, chair, right? So it seems like this person (laughs) might, you know, um, that was responsible for creating a lot of AI, like Google has created a lot of AI. And now, and he was at the helm of Google when AI, when Google was turning into AI, like he was very heavy for AI use. So, US is regulating it with a top technology executive at the at the steering wheel, and then we have UK government introducing new regulation that are making the use of AI super simple. So when you then think about dali e becoming commercial, and then you think about the basically the world's two biggest economies um, uh, starting to use or one the, the some of the biggest economies using it, I mean. Um, for me, it's going to be quite game-changing, yeah? Because now you can use AI in your business and you have to use it in a responsible way, great. Now you have a commercial AI that you can use in your business and now you can actually, as a graphic designer, you could potentially uh, provide services based on dali E2 to your customers, yeah?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, what is lacking there is um, API at the moment. I hope they will something that that uh, allows it but for sure a game changer uh, overall and um, all I'm waiting on is somebody to actually more narrow train this type of models so let's train it on all the boat pictures in that we possibly can find or another specific area maybe cars because then it will become really 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 good in these areas and then I think it can actually be, uh, uh, transformed into uh, specific software. So maybe for shoe design or car design or something like that. Because now it is this general train. So it's like a little bit of everything you can possibly uh, imagine, uh, which, which give it the, the, the 360 thing, but uh, not directly in. So uh, yeah, I think as soon as people... Yeah, I
0: don't know. No, go ahead train it they, as soon as people start to train it slightly more narrowly we will see more commercial success with it definitely yeah i was just thinking from from this perspective like will we have regulation that governs the use of ai for job security because for me like when the chamber of commerce is getting you know excited about this and one of the biggest tech employers is now stepping into the game as Eric Schmidt, you know, stepping into the head of the Chamber of Commerce AI Commission, and UK regulating it in a in a, in this way. I think like it can go both ways. It can say, "Hey, this is this great tool; you can use it," or it can say, "Hey, you cannot fire a person based on you introducing an AI." Like you know, like job security. Like in 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 many countries in the European Union. It is illegal to fire people without reason. And is it reason that you bought a tool that can do some person's job? And this is going to be very interesting for me.
1: Yeah, but I mean, then that regulation needs to apply to everything else, like go out and plow your acre by hand then, because we we could replace uh, all your people with a with a machine or a tractor or something. And I mean, the same thing is happening here. It's just a evolution uh, of things. Uh, we want to see computers like this super automatic thing, but it's never been automatic. And, and most people that will be uh, impacted by AI, it's people that have a job where their job mainly are to take something from, they are given some uh, uh, blueprint or um, vision from someone and now they need to get a computer to do this by writing uh, all these different commands and all this different code and and so on. And that's simply because there haven't been uh, uh, any way to solve this and that's why we also built up a massive, massive, massive um, economy around, you know, uh, developers, or anything like that. But I don't know, like,
0: if we can automate something. Do we want to do it manually anyway? I mean, I don't think we want to do it manually, but then you have you end up with stuff like subsidies for agriculture. Yeah? and And because you don't need all these jobs, and because you have all of these machines, the government decides to subsidize a certain industry, uh, like coal mining went through this, yeah? And then agriculture went through this, yeah? You have people, like a generation of people, millions of people, $42 billion industry, graphic designer, and they're potentially they're going to get phased out in the next few months, maybe a few years. Maybe it's going to be super rapid, yeah, like you said like when the models start to get more and more advanced and then it's super rapid and you get all of these people out of an industry, they might protest, they might not want to get fired. They might not want to use AI. They might say, this is not a real art or real image. Like this doesn't, you know, imitate human quality. So I'm just wondering like, will the government, I don't even think governments are thinking like this. They protected the coal miners, right? They protect agriculture, they give subsidies. Now, does this apply when you get a new um, machine and you don't need so many farmers, you get a subsidy? Same with fishing boats, by the way, not enough fish. Yeah, you get paid as a fisherman not to go out and catch the fish, right? Right now. Mm -hmm. Do you get paid as a graphical designer not to go out and create images because AI can do it for you? Or do they not care? That's, I don't know. open question.
1: I think graphic designers still will be hugely relevant. It's just that their job will become a lot uh, uh, faster and more creative and they don't need to... Because it's like, you know, you can jump into Photoshop and maybe do like something and I maybe can do something, but we can't really do that. Advanced stuff, for example, we can't so, so for people like us, it could help to edit photos and so on, but still um, AI is kind of there in, in my world too. I mean, we need to remember like computers are uh, utterly stupid, like there is nothing intelligent in this uh, <laughs> as, of right, as of right now it's just, It just helps us, it's just shortcuts to to execute uh, commands so. Yeah, uh, uh, either you can say it to someone, and we have that person in the middle that now gonna execute all the commands, or we can remove the person that execute the commands because it makes zero sense to to have it there. Uh, but yeah, it's tricky the regulation, uh, very tricky. I hope I hope, um, I hope uh, there will be no strange regulation like I know European Union was talking about you needed improvement already before training uh, AI model, which is which is not uh, 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 good. Uh, Because the problem, I think, is whatever uh, uh, geographic area that would go this direction would basically shoot themselves in the foot. Because now we give all the competition just like free free road uh, uh, forward. We want to do something good, but it will turn very sour.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it actually connects to some other um, exciting news that happened this week, which is, um, you know, there's a new um, large language model, right? The first uh, multilingual uh, open access language model, which was uh, Bloom, right? Mm-hmm. And. Um, and what was interesting for me in this is that, A, it was trained in complete transparency, right? So unlike other transformer models, maybe again, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think, you know, it's a black box, yeah? Like people, outside people don't actually know how uh, the, trans- the how the black box works, yeah? The people that at OpenAI or at Cohere or at AI21, they know uh, because they have the code, but like outside people don't understand completely how the black box works. Yeah, and in yes. Bloom, it's different, right?
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. so to, to correct there a little, I mean, the thing with the, with the model that once you, you, you train it and so on, you can't really look at the, at the code because it's just created out of, of, of uh, uh, randomness and, and loopbacks of values and so on. Uh, so you can't really, as a part, this was not written by a person. Yeah, you can't really read the code. So that's kind of the, what people talk when they say black box. Uh, but I mean, what it comes down to is the first of all, like the the training data you use.
0: Yeah, yeah that's what I mean. Yeah, that's so. So I mean, the training data in Bloom is transparent, and in other models, not really, right? So you don't know what goes into the black box that's what i meant sorry
1: um i'm not sure um i mean o- open were pretty smart when they started to do the first dali because they like like simple trick but like smart in, in, in instead of like only going for all these data sets everyone else was using they also downloaded a lot of images from the internet, where they actually read in the alt tag, which is a descriptive tag of a, of a mm-hmm. of an image, which really creates a uh, uh, yeah a, a, a large library of of um, uh, images we as people put uh, online. Uh, yeah, Bloom is interesting. I actually did test it out extremely shortly uh, last week. I was not impressed what I could see there. Um, using GPT-3 for the last two and a half year, I think, uh, I would say there is, and and, and then the f- progress they had since then. So if we're looking at today's standpoint, I don't see anyone really being remotely close to their their level. Right now, of course, there is competition and and catching up and it's nice that Bloom can do all these languages and so on, but um it needs to be good also and user friendly yeah i
0: think i I think you know they say it's forty six natural languages and and thirteen programming languages and which is cool it includes you know uh french spanish arabic you know languages that are you know like 10, maybe 15% of the population fluently use this English on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, I mean, and and then the rest has, you know, so many other languages out there. So it's definitely, uh, it's a first try. Yeah, they released it now. And I don't know, do you know when OpenAI released its first model or it was a few years ago, or GPT-1 or whatever yeah. it was. It was probably, uh, it, it wasn't as good then, right? maybe Bloom is comparable. It's, it's going to get better, better, and better in this sense. Um, yeah, GPT-1 was uh, a long time ago,
1: uh, and the real usability, I would say, started uh, around the uh, rollout of GPT-3, which happened about two and a half years ago, if I'm correct. That's when it first came in the closed beta. But then they have improved it quite some since then. Because, as you know, today in GPT three, you can pretty much just describe in one sentence what you want, and it will do it. Um, Other engines, most other engines, are not really uh, there. You rather need to do, you know, if this, then that. You give it an example on an input, example on output, what you're expecting, and you you keep doing this, and and you create a pattern that way. This was how GPT three was working, also for. The beginning of its life, so to say, for a couple of months before they they uh, added uh, descriptive um, possibilities, so to say.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, my perspective on this is that um, you know, like I've seen GPT three used used by people with limited capability of coding or knowledge of coding and a lot of domain expertise. And I've seen it used for use cases that are uh, solving very much real uh, world problems. Now, if other language models get to that level in other languages and are able to you know, do the same for the Arabic world or French world um, speaking countries, um, I think that's going to introduce even more innovation, you know, even more disruption, even higher acceleration of new things coming out. So, for me, that's what the exciting bit is that people are working in a transparent, open way um, on models for different uh, parts of the world, and I find that super exciting. And I've also seen that when they started bloom. Um, it was also connected with this responsible use of AI pledge. It's right? only this to make a but also commit to make it responsible yeah, for for people to use it. And I don't think governments will catch up to the regulation. Yeah, I, I don't see it happening. I see they try, but I don't see governments catching up with the regulation. But people that create AI, they will create their own kind of you know code of conduct, if you wish. Yeah, they will say. If you want to use Bloom for Arabic or French or Spanish, then you need to use it in the right way. And Dali was very similar. Like you couldn't use it for bad things, right? And you still cannot use it for bad things.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. And and there is actually, uh, uh, three months ago, uh, Cohere, AI21, and uh, OpenAI actually co-authored uh, a post about responsible usage uh, around the language models. So yes,
0: yeah, and I mean, yeah. So so that's what I see. Like the, looking even just last few days, literally, we're talking about literally last few days, right? You see, biggest governments going into regulating AI, new technologies in AI coming out, and they want to stipulate their own governance. Yeah and basically uh, the most advanced technology is becoming commercially available they are now becoming like literally going out and becoming commercially available so if the regulator doesn't catch up then the community will just make its own rules yeah and not really look and i think that's really cool so for me it was a super super exciting uh week i don't know if uh you know there's a lot more other news that's happening, but I don't want uh, the segment to run maybe longer than 20 minutes as well. So, mm-hmm. No, I agree. Um,
1: a lot of things happening um, uh, right now, and, and uh, yeah, we will see <laughs> where, where it all goes. I, uh, the problem is when, say, governments, or, like, I mean, the opinions in AI are so many. They are so different. It's so easy to misunderstand what is AI today actually. Mm-hmm. Is it like HAL seven thousand or nine thousand? I don't know. <laughs> uh, nine thousand. HAL nine thousand. Nine thousand. Yeah. Is it that or is it just like automation?
0: What? Yeah. Is it a, is it? Is it? Maybe it's a hammer right now. Yeah. It's a. It's a screwdriver. It's a tool. And it's just a better hammer every week and, and and you can hammer the nails in quicker
1: yeah, it's definitely uh, um I often use the term uh, uh, pro acceleration, which means uh, acceleration of accelera- <laughs> the acceleration of acceleration, so uh uh velocity, so to say where you uh, drastically speed up, and that's what I see is happening in AI because every place in tech where we can put AI means that we are fastening up that process. So, you have, like, one example is Google that I know. Um, this is uh, quite some old, old news. So I can be a little bit off, but uh, it was in the realm of, you know, it took them about one year to design a new AI ship. Uh, but then they put an AI to design the AI ship, ship. So now they could design a new ship in... Yeah, the range between a couple of hours to a couple of days, for example.
0: So it's... A, yeah, it, I mean, I think... Yeah, I, that's, that's like that kind of, you know, new technology or a, when you build a new tool and you use that tool to build quicker, right? So yeah. um, then the outcome of you using that tool is going to be even better, even better. So power tools coming up from the AI world, uh, making them commercially available for everybody very soon. It's very cool. A million people is not a lot of people, to be very honest, yeah? Like, even if you gave a hammer to a million people, you're not going to go to space, yeah, with a million people with a hammer. But then hundred million, one billion people using Dali E at some point in the future is going to be very, very cool. And I'm super excited to see new software, new services built on Dali I'm super excited once the API comes out. And um, overall, I think you know we're going to be having this segment every week now. So everybody's invited to join us. And next week, we're going to do a similar summary of very cool news. And we invite everybody to join us uh, for next week. Um, and it's going to be happening every single week. We're going to do a small summary of the news. So please join us and listen in. And uh, if this week has been so exciting, I'm just super excited to see what's going to happen in seven days.
1: Yes, uh, exactly. I think uh, we will do uh, streams on Twitch on Thursdays, and we put it on uh, YouTube and other mediums on Friday. Um, Please give us your feedback, and we will slowly iterate our way forward to something useful. Yes, yes.
0: And uh, yeah, and and uh, follow us, subscribe, and um, and make sure to to tune in on all uh, the mediums, Twitch, YouTube, and everywhere else where you see us. Thank you.